somebody has an interesting question, it would you're, be really you're nice. Of course I'm the boss, of course I'm the manager, but uh, at 3 o'clock my influence in the game is, is nothing. A coach is uh, somebody who should uh, see a lot of things. I think the most important things are your eyes and coaching. Okay, Luca. Hello. All the fun uh, and games uh, are now quitted. We're now starting to get serious. That was uh, super fun. <laughs> Welcome inside the coach's room. Thank you very much. Thanks for having me. Yeah, it, well, it's a, it's a good coincidence that we kind of find each other here. Mark, we have to get a shout out to Mark who connected us. Absolutely. And it's a coincidence that you're in the Netherlands in this, well, yeah. well you're here for 42, no, you went to Europe for 42 days. Uh, so it's nice that we could go to your hotel. So we're not in the coach's room, but we're in the hotel. Hotel room of Hotel coaches. room, yeah, the hotel room. This is kind of your second office, you told me. Yep. yep. Okay, well, great to have you, man. Yeah, thank you. Great to be here. Good. And um, uh, my first question always is, so this is the hotel room. We see a whiteboard here, but we use TV. But yeah, what is your, yeah, what is your essential item in your personal coach's room? Yeah, I mean... Uh, <laughs> there is so many things we can talk about right now, but uh, I I believe that um, if you are as a coach, you are prepared, always prepared for the worst case scenario. That's uh, that's one thing. That's that obviously my biggest tool. Okay. So I am your preparation is your biggest tool. Yes, that's what you're absolutely. saying. Absolutely. So I am my I'm. There is a lot of critics in football all all the time everywhere, but I think uh, one of my tools is that I'm my own worst critic. Okay. So I will always be harder to myself than anybody else can, just so I can imagine. Uh, what my worst case scenario can potentially be, and I can prepare for it best as possible. Yeah. So, it's not a tactics board. It's not a computer. It's your mindset. That's that's the most essential in well, well in your daily work as a coach. Well, maybe probably in life. Yeah. Uh, absolutely. I think with the with the right mindset, uh, you can achieve anything you put your mind to. Basically. So. Yeah. What uh, does it come from? Uh, I believe that. Uh, yeah. Perception of your experiences shape your values, yeah. but also shapes your your mindset, the way you behave, what you do, how you do things. I think uh, having well since the beginning, rough childhood, you know, growing up through a, through a war torn country, um, and then all the exp yeah football playing football experiences that I went through, and then later coaching, it's all sort of a, let's say a test of your endurance. Each step of test of your endurance, mental endurance yeah. before anything else, and then uh, but if you draw. Uh, from every negative, you can draw positives and vice versa. So if you, if you every step of the way, you draw something that you can build on and make yourself more resilient, more focused, more adaptable, Yeah, uh, I think that's a, that's a way to develop yourself. I feel we're almost have an opposite story. Yep. So you have, this, like you said, a war-torn country. Yep. Uh, I read you had, it's not even an injury, it's literally a heart attack when you were 16. Yeah, the Something like that. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, I have this, let's say, pink flowers uh, <laughs> youth in a nice neighborhood with no problems at all. Uh, but it shapes you straight away in this conversation as well, yep. which you take to the to the pitch, yep. I can imagine. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. And uh, look, uh, uh, no, no judgment anywhere. I mean, uh, what happened to me, I hope uh, it doesn't happen to many people. And uh, for me, it's, uh, it's, it's, yeah, background carries a lot of things, but at the end of the day is what you do, what you do in this moment, and uh, how open you are, how acceptable you are, is is what defines you today. Yeah, and that's uh, that's the most important thing. Great man. And normally, 
coaches talk, yeah, I need a laptop or whatever. Yeah. You you switch it up to a different. Yeah, no, it's yeah. not an item, but it's a, it's something that you carry along every day, every minute. Yeah, and then and I actually met uh, David, who we're gonna gonna speak to yeah, yeah. a few days ago, and we we talk about this um, because David and I, when we used to used to stay together, we, we wake up always four or five a.m. Yeah, I yeah. talked to him. This, yeah, yeah. He, David is not. It's, you are also not a normal guy. You wake me. up at four also. Yes, but but this is this like I said, a mindset, yeah. right? So so if you have this mindset, and people ask why, and I think David will share his his, his point of view on that. But uh, if if you get three, four, five hours uh, uh, ahead of everybody else, then you have much more time to prepare and yeah. to prepare better as well. Just to give the listeners an impression, I talked to David last week just in a, in a regular meeting. He told me I get up in the morning at four, three times a week, so I have time. Oh, so I have an, uh, yeah, a head start on yeah. let's say everybody, and that's my mindset. I want to want to learn, but you do the same. Yeah, absolutely, and. Uh, I mean, uh, David is where he is for a reason, and I think he he is fantastic coach who will just keep prone progressing. Yeah. yeah. How how does this mindset or this let's say this yeah this way of of, of in uh, approaching your life uh, connects to football? Because yeah, I don't know. You're in a hotel. You're not going to bang on the doors at four in the morning, guys. We have to wake up. But there is probably <laughs> some way that it connects with. Yeah, with your daily routine and that's how you work with players or, or yeah. how you work in a club. No, absolutely. I mean, um, I, I, I set very high standards to myself first and then I believe in leading by example yeah. because I can't ask from the players to do something that I won't, that I'm not doing or from my colleagues or from my coaches. So I think first and foremost is punctuality in football. This is, this is something that is out of question. This yeah. is a, for me even precondition when it comes to coaching. Um, that's number one thing, in, and and obviously, for a coach, you have to be first to show, last to leave. Yeah. So that's always the case. But then, uh, then if you go into details, it's yeah, planning of the session. Uh, what are we doing today? What principles are we trying to preach? What what objectives, tasks do we have? How are we going to translate that to the players? I think there is a thinking process through not only planning one session, but also how this session fit, fits into long-term plan, how it fits to the previous game that we played, to the next game we're going to play. And, uh, and this is not something you can uh, sit down and uh, write in 15 minutes. I mean, you can, but then... Uh, I understand, yeah. <laughs> no, but, and, but it starts with, uh, let's say, uh, an unbreakable rule set. Is that kind yeah. of what I'm hearing? So, Absolutely. okay, guys, uh, you, you, we make an agreement. So, for example, we always show up on time. We are always prepared, yeah. uh, maybe in materials, but also in mindset. Is, the, is these the things where you start with? Absolutely. So you, you just became... Uh, a technical director of a club in Singapore. Yep. Um, and is is that then something you, okay, you sit down with maybe the board and yep. with your coaching staff, okay, this is what I believe. Yep. You look at their culture and how can we create this strong mindset or this set of rules into the club? Is that how it starts? Absolutely, absolutely. Because uh, you, you mentioned one word that I like very much, culture, what the football culture is. And I think this is, when you talk about uh, the, the youth development, a big part of it, because um, now when I came to Singapore and went from final to Singapore right, for this role, yeah. and everybody's saying, this is now a professional academy because Luca is there. But that just makes me laugh because uh, I'm not the culture. Yeah. There is a people who have to create this culture and it goes from definitely first the management, then the coaches, then the players, but also parents and everybody involved. You have... Um, guys who are working logistics, cleaning the pitches, you know, uh, opening the doors. And this, these are also guys that are equally important because yeah. 
if you know one screw is not uh, tight enough, then uh, then it's very easy to 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 break something. So I think the first step is definitely set of rules that everybody adhere to, because in a, in a top sport environment, if you if you don't follow the rules, then then somebody has a problem. Yeah, can you name one example that you that is then may is maybe time or what is the most important one that you that you brought in in your new situation? Yeah, I think uh, the definitely the the effort to to come early and to stay late. Yeah, uh, because if if you come to training five minutes before, I mean, I believe in the mental aspect of football a lot, but do you you basically just uh, finish your school as as a young player? Uh, maybe you speak you speak to your parents. You had lunch with your friends. You just spoke to your girlfriend, and then now I'm on the field. But it doesn't work that way. And you can see that everywhere that the players come to training are switched on and switched off, and that's a big part plays what happens before that. So I think coming to training at least 45 minutes before and uh, removing your phones and all that because I'm not I'm not a really a big fan of let's say restricting players. Yeah. But everybody have to know where is the time to play and time to work. Even though as, as I, when I say work, I mean obviously be fully committed yeah, yeah, yeah. to what you're doing. Um, so I think that's a big difference that they have 45 minutes together, talk about football, talk about what was last training, ask questions to the coaches that are already there. You know, do they have pre-warm-up? Even though you are 14, 15, 16 years old, I mean, this is this should be your responsibility. So, and then after the training, when you're done, because now we have their performance part, I also have with me Mark Underwater. Yeah, he yeah, was I know him. Yeah. head of performance for the final. So you have a pre-warm-up, you have post-match, you have a, a, a sorry, pre-match warm-up activation, pre-training. Then you have a post-training also, what you have to do, maybe some individual assignments. So all these things, um, I'm not going to look at it for 120 players. It's your responsibility yeah. as, as a player to focus on that part. So, but you create that culture by, or do you create that almost the terms to do that in the club, or maybe with the team you could also do it the same yeah. by making sure that people are not arrive five minutes, put on the boots and are on pitch. No, there's a time, 30 minutes, maybe even 45, yeah. in which you can already start preparing mentally. You can do physically, but you can talk to each other. Exactly. It's uh, interesting because we had a um, coach from Leverkusen in the previous podcast. He was working with U11s and he also noticed that kids, especially kids that in that age, they soak up all the information they get. They came rushing out of school, put on the boots and they were on the pitch. So they were half on the pitch, half at schoolwork. Uh, he did pretty much the same. So half an hour before training, just be in the dressing room with together. Just 11-year-old, 12-year-old boys doing whatever they want or whatever, making TikToks, which probably is <laughs> something they do, but it doesn't matter. They were together. Yep. Uh, they were experiencing each, each other. They were connecting. And then it was an, almost a natural flow going towards the pitch. There's not too much pre-training for those for that age yet. So, But there was more the process of attention. And, and I hear the same story here. Yeah. And I can give you one of the examples, actually, that, that just happened a few days ago as well, because we are here with the team. And, uh, you know, uh, players finally have a chance after so long to, to play unrestricted yeah, yeah, uh, games and unrestricted training, which is fantastic. But uh, then before and after training, we, we try to arrange some activities for them, you know, to, to keep it interesting. To uh, Maybe we have some uh, uh, match analysis, maybe we have some individual analysis, maybe yeah. we have some, yeah, today we are going to foot golf, for example, yes. right? Um, but then you see that the players start having too much fun. And then, you know, somebody is... Uh, Two minutes late for, yeah, for, for lunch or two minutes late for analysis, and uh, then the simple rules. We maybe yesterday we talk about it, and um, maybe the perception is, well, it's just it's just two minutes, it's just a small thing, 
Yeah, but this is where it starts yeah. on the small things. And if you don't make it into a big thing, then uh, there'll be more and more small things that will pile up and then you have big problems. Yeah. So even though you're 30 seconds, 10 seconds late, you still go back to your room and you're not a part of this uh, yeah. this event. And yeah. then that's an example for everybody else as well. Yeah. yeah. And then we are talking about 14-year-old players. Yeah, at the moment 14. So it's kind of, I think I can imagine... You don't want to be a dictator and all the top, but yeah. you want to learn. This is the way how yes. it how it should be. I Absolutely. Think. So it's not being mad, but it's okay. This is the way it works. Exactly. There is there is no hard feelings. It's it's your responsibility. And then if you come uh, two minutes late, that shows me, well, you don't really care about the time. Yeah. Well, then it is your decision not to attend. Yeah. So it's not yeah <laughs> dictatorship. <laughs> no, no, but <laughs> it, it, there's a there's a there's a way of learning people to yes. train or learning to perform yes. instead of demanding some some from some sort of performance yes. chip and if you create an environment that demands from you that you're there but it still also gives you the opportunity to to experience what it is and okay then you are late okay then yeah. you learn what it is yeah. instead of getting thrown out or whatever that needs to be safe and i hear that it's safe but it also has consequences absolutely and the thing us as coaches is not yeah, coaching is a big part of our job, but also uh, pedagogy and teaching players maybe basic rules about life or basic rules yeah. about behavior of the field is equally important because if, if a guy today remembers at 14, I should never be late when I have an appointment, yeah. and this will translate to other areas of his life, Yeah, uh, hopefully. Yeah, yeah. no, so I completely agree. Yeah. And then you are this, uh, I can't imagine that it's challenging sometimes because you... Maybe you were already mature at 17 and you already had this. And then you come into a new culture and you're coming with this monster mindset and this, and you, all your football knowledge, okay, this is how we're going to do it. But you, if you rush in and you put everything on the table straight away, you are 10 miles ahead from them. So yes. what was your biggest challenge or what so far that you have to, yeah, that you, that you take them step by step in this process. Yes. You are smiling, so it's probably recognizable for you. <laughs> yeah, very much uh, patience, yeah. definitely. And I'm not really a patient person, to be honest. <laughs> <laughs> I'm trying, but yeah. uh, but it, it has its challenges for sure. Um, yeah, like you said, um, and, and this is what I analyze as well. You can't rush things and you can't force people to become what they are not. No. So we had to make some hard choices in terms of, you know, uh, removing some of the coaches, uh, removing full generations of players okay. because of just the, the, what they're used to and yeah. they didn't want to adapt. So there were some hard decisions that needed to be made, but at the same time, uh, there were some uh, players who wholeheartedly accepted the new regulations. And then, of course, there was a lot of mistakes along the way, but uh, I think slowly we are getting where we need to be. Yeah. yeah. So, and then I'm going to push it a little bit towards you. Uh, so then... Your patience is one thing. So every time, okay, I want to go 10, well, 100 miles an hour. And sometimes <laughs> I need to realize that sometimes we can go only 50 or whatever. Yeah. Uh, do you, what's the main learning experience for you there? Yeah, this is a lesson I'm still learning, to be honest, that you, although you want it so badly, you, you cannot force things. No. You have to, the time has to be right for a thing to happen. And uh, this is uh, con controlling that, that feelings at that moment emotional aspect that's a that's a that's a big lesson for me for sure yeah interesting yeah interesting i have the same thing 
but then with my two kids. <laughs> <laughs> I want things all the time. Oh. And they're just like, you know, dad, we're not going to do this. But there are two and they just shout, but whatever. Yeah. Okay. Okay, let's go more to to uh, uh, your philosophy and development of players. Yeah. Uh, because, okay, creating a performance environment is, is important for you. Uh, it's, I think, the terms of, 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 yeah, of the cult, well, of the environment and the terms of being setting the performance environment on the pitch. So, okay. and once you're on the pitch, what is, this is the easiest question ever, but it's not answer yeah. for an hour, but what is your, what characterizes your philosophy there? Yeah, I, uh, I'll give you a little quote during okay. this podcast. Okay, okay, okay. But uh, this one is by Jerry Rice. I love NFL, I don't know okay. if you... I love to watch it. I love to watch NFL. So this guy was, uh, was a very big player of 69ers uh, a while ago, and he said... Uh, all men are born equal. Some work harder in the preseason. Okay. So yeah, you can take this literally, and yeah, you say I just need to have a good preseason, but that's not what it's about. It's it's again, yeah, going back to the mindset. I feel if um, if my philosophy is that number one, number one thing is you really need to have desire to do it. And I'm sorry, I'm going to talk a little bit about younger generations now. I know that's not what you asked me. But I think I think I need to a little bit step away from this question so I can come back. Yeah, sure. To it. Yes. Sure. So. Um, I believe, yeah, and uh, probably the older generations, like our parents would say, ah, you guys are soft generations, you know? And then now we can uh, say something similar to the younger younger guys. And uh, maybe Mark told you I'm a very pragmatic and direct person. Yeah. So um, I'll, I'll tell you how I feel it is. Sure. Um, I also recently heard a speech of, of, of one uh, high school basketball coach. And, uh, and uh, he said this, he said, uh, tough times create tough men. Tough men create... Weak times. Weak times create soft men and soft men create tough times. Yeah. We need to breed warriors. So that was, and he, and he said he took it for somewhere, but this, this resonated with me so much because it's the, 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 this cancel culture, let's call it that way, in this which youth generations are developing, it's really making their mindset so soft, able to have excuses about everything, to point fingers at everybody else but themselves. This is for me, and it's not Singapore. Don't get me wrong. I I, I work uh, with a lot of different players and in a few different countries. For example, in individual analysis, you can do that online. Uh, um, so it's not just this is this happening in Asia. No, I think youth everywhere and coaches everywhere will have problem like this. You you say something to a player, he goes in to complain to somebody else. You know, parents are always obviously on their children's side. So it's a little bit. Um, it's a, for me this is a lit, this is the this is the biggest problem first yeah because when you let's say when you when you when you see a good player when you find a good player how would you refer to them how do you call this player they said he's a he's a diamond in the rough like he's a, he's a gem he's a diamond in the rough yeah but what is the process then I said, what is the process of making a diamond so first you need to put a diamond under tremendous amount of pressure that's number one a pressure that that you you are able to 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 shape it from Right? Then when you are able to handle that, that some sort of pressure, then you then you bring an unbearable heat to it. So if you can handle the pressure and the heat and you think, okay, this was enough, no, then you get cut. So all of these gems, right, they want to play, they want to uh, be happy while they play football, but one of them, not many of them can handle the pressure or are willing to get hot uh, or to handle the heat, the heat. Not many of them at all. So I think the the... the to, to go back to the philosophy, 
number one, if you don't have this mindset as a player, doesn't matter what my philosophy is because then it, it's not going to happen for you. Yeah. So first is to, to, to establish that the players have this mindset to understand what are the challenges in their career, what are the challenges in the youth development, what are the challenges that they have to deal with personally and professionally off the field and on the field and to see if they're able to handle these kind of things. It's, uh, it comes it comes from almost current society. It is current society. Life is easy. You press a button and something, whatever you want, is there. Yep. Um, and it's the same thing with being in shape or whatever. You cannot press a button and be a good player. Yep. And this is what society currently is. Yep. So you're part of, no, let's say the, the bottom line of your philosophy is create the resistance because people are not used to resistance. Absolutely. And there's, a, of course, practical ways, but I completely agree. And I notice it, well, I notice it by myself. So life is so, okay, there are challenges and I work. Uh, I've been behind in my office till 11 last night, which you can see as resistance. But still life is relatively easy. There's a roof, there's food, whatever, and kids grow up and they press a button and there's a YouTube YouTube film and uh, they see everything. So it's interesting to see that you have this as your basics yep. of your philosophy. Yep. It comes from you as a person, yep. 100% sure, sure of that, but yep. it, it, it characterizes you. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, and uh, I think if you want me to, to define more philosophy and youth development, um, I'm sure you you have a great podcast. You talk to a lot of people, so there is a lot of different opinions. Yeah, yeah. No, but let's go. This. Let's. I'm thinking about this. Why? Why are you talking? Yeah. Is there a way that this this let's say this basics is also a term in in like creating an environment that there's where there's resistance? So, is there an example of how you show that in the pitch, or is a show that in coaching is that? okay, we achieved something and now we're going to make it more difficult until you fail. For example, is that the kind of things you are looking for on the pitch? Absolutely, absolutely. And uh, if I'm doing a trading and everything is going perfectly, then uh, first thing I ask myself, what is wrong? Yeah. Because if you if you are doing training and then everything is great, everything is fantastic, I think you're not doing your job as a coach. You're not challenging your players enough. So um, I think we all know that block versus random theory, for example. Yeah. Um, I think that the football is uh, is chaos, uh, the chaos theory as well. So for me, it's uh, definitely creating as difficult conditions as possible throughout each session because I will create a training session, I will review it, but then if the session is happening and I see some things, I will change it. So for example, um, I like to do this drill 5v5 plus 5 with the four small goals. Yeah. So where the other five players are, uh, other four players in the four corners and one and neutral player yeah, in the middle. Yeah. So if you make uh, if you make a space, let's say uh, twenty five by twenty five, things are going very smoothly yeah. because you have five neutral players, all right. All the space and time. Yes, but if you make it, uh, yeah, between fifteen and twenty meters, then you see a lot of problems. Yeah. So I can make the big space and uh, make it look nice, and everybody who walk past and see the training say, "Wow, these guys are such good players." Well, I can make it more difficult for them and make them struggle and question themselves and, and try harder. And, you know, then then therefore make them a little bit better players. Yeah. So that's one of the small examples. I give. Is there, where do you find the balance in between success and failing? Is there, is it a feeling yeah. when you see people, players are pushing themselves until they get maybe get desperate and then you take it back a little bit? Is that 
Is there a feeling or is there some sort of rule that you have for yourself or where is the, where is the balance? Yeah. The the rule for me is and I and I heard it from one very very smart man and he told me what is the difference between people who made it where they want to be and those who didn't is just not giving up. Okay. That's 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 all there is. So for me if I see the players let's say in sort of impossible condition still trying to make the best out of it that's uh That's, that's what you want to see. That's what I want to see. And what if a player is struggling so what? What's your what's your action then? Yeah, I mean, uh, I think when it comes to youth, uh, the, the most feedback that comes from your mouth should be a positive encouragement. Yeah. You know, so, but then at the end of the day, sometimes you need to put a hand against the table and uh, and uh, tell them how it is. Yeah. Because uh, if we are able to record all of your sessions and then sit down with you and create personal development plans and do the individual analysis, And uh, talk to you before and after the training, and and you still can't understand or don't or don't care that much or to do the basic things they want from you. Or if even if things are not going your way, if you don't want just to compensate it by running or putting the effort off the ball, then I, I cannot. If you don't want to be helped, yeah. I cannot help you. Then I understand? Yeah. yeah. So there is a point. I'm trying to visualize a little bit. Yeah. You're doing a drill. This kid is or a player or a pl whatever, immature or not, doesn't matter. Mm. He's finding himself in the, in the on the moment of, okay, I cannot do this. And this is the point where you go up to and maybe s let him sort it out himself. Yep. Uh, if he's maybe he doesn't find the confidence or whatever reason it doesn't succeed, you're going to step to him, okay, guy, this is how it works. Trying to find it and I will help you. Absolutely. But after 10 times, yep. sorry. Yes, that's, absolutely. That's... Because I think it's a good nuance. Because I don't think you will. You are the coach that says after the first time you have to do it yourself. No, no, absolutely not. Uh, you are. You can step down, reach to his level, yep. and say, "Okay, this is what this is what the solution is. Let me help you." Yes. But at one point, he needs to learn it. Yes. And or uh, she, but yeah, <laughs> whatever. I think uh, <laughs> what you mentioned, I would, uh, I would characterize as a, as emotional intelligence, and this is. Um, Yeah, the more I learn about coaching, the more I interact with the with the with the people that I at the highest level in, in their coaching career. I think emotional intelligence and the way you approach the players, be it youth or the first team, that's uh, that's the most important thing now. Because yeah. I, I I'm, yeah, I'll give you an example for this as well. I, when I was finishing my my pro license, we had uh, we were supposed to go to FI headquarters, but we couldn't because of COVID. Yeah. And then we had the online uh, course with uh, with uh, Garrett Southgate. Roberto Martinez and uh, uh, David Moyes. Yep. And then when when the course was done, I, I asked myself, what is one thing that is um, similar to all these three guys that work at the that's the highest possible level? Yeah. Right? So my humble conclusion was is they are also well outspoken. Any questions they were asked for by uh, by participants were answered in such a patient and a polite way. And also, so that made me realize is even when they speak to coaches who are maybe in their eyes beginners or maybe in their eyes just, you know, coaches from smaller countries, something like that, they still try their best to explain and to make you feel comfortable, yeah. to make you feel heard, which I think that... Because they could easily, from their position of authority, yeah. break your question or say this, feel you less, but they didn't do it that. No, not at all. They were so open-minded and so accommodating. And then then made me think, you know, if, if these guys can can have so much patience and, and understanding for, I mean, they took the time of their, you know, life to spend two hours. These guys us. have crazy, crazy schedules. Like, yeah. it, um, impossible, right? And then I think, who am I? 
not to do the same with my players. Yeah. So, so I think it's important that you yeah. share this because if you if you could have listened to the first thirty minutes, or I don't know how long we're we're heading, but you could say, oh, this guy is almost out of stone." But this is an interesting <laughs> nuance because this is also youth football, yeah. or especially educating players. Yeah, yeah, absolutely, absolutely. And um, I believe yeah, they're developing every day. Not talk about players, but as coaches, you learn something new every day. Yeah. And uh, yeah, if you are open enough, yeah. way, and then you evolve, right? Yeah. So. I I do get a, a lot of that. That uh, this is the impression I kind of give out, but I think only when you are. That's why we're here today. Uh, one of the reasons, but also is uh, when you are, let's say, in my team when you play, and then you know what's the real. Yeah, yeah. no, I, I completely realize it. It's, yeah. Otherwise, you cannot succeed as coach. Absolutely. You're you're the only one shouting in the room, and you lose your players within three months. Hundred percent. Yeah, yeah, yeah of course. Okay, interesting. So let's go a little bit towards you because you just you, did you have a pro, yeah. uh, thirty three. I said, well, I went through your Instagram. <laughs> <laughs> no, now I'm 34. But, uh, 33, you had yeah, yeah, yeah. And um, uh, yeah, that was like, I don't know if it's a necessity, but it's a logical step in your development. Yes. But it's not your day-to-day -day development, I, I can imagine. But it's, it has had major impact maybe on your last development in the last two years. Yeah, you're talking about the problems. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, uh, um, I started coaching very young. So maybe that's one advantage that I have to 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 all of my colleagues. So I have a lot of various experience, you know, working from uh, youth amateur to to serious youth football to 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 senior uh, amateurs to <laughs> professional seniors. So it's you name it in 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 Asia, in Europe, in US, in Australia. Yeah. So all these experiences, let's say, um, gave me some some uh, uh, desire to. To become as 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 best as I can be, in the sense where, okay, first step, what what where do I want to go, where do I want to end up, and the second step is how do I get there. So, and then I have to understand what are the tools first that I need, uh, what are the necessary licenses yeah. in this case. So, and then was how do I get to the pro license, and I I made myself like a small plan. Right in four in the morning, of course. Yeah, yeah. Those are the times <laughs> where everybody sleeps. Yeah. No, but there's one thing. Yes, you, yeah. you don't have kids, huh? No, no. Yeah. But so. I have a cat, <laughs> <laughs> which doesn't shout at you in the morning. Yeah. yeah. Well, no, but she she does uh, wake up with me. Yeah, so anyway, um, no, no, no kids yet, and yeah. No, I, no, I'm joking. I, I don't know. I'm I, always using the kids as an excuse, yes, but yes. I'm just being a pussy sometimes. <laughs> I have to know that. No, no, that's completely fine. I'll I'll, I'll tell you. Uh, what was my situation? So, when I was doing pro license, so um, I lived and work in Netherlands, yep. as you know. My wife uh, lived and work in the Singapore. Yep. Uh, I was at the same time doing my PhD in Serbia, and I was doing my pro license in Malta. Okay. So this was my uh, your life, my daily yeah. life. Yes. Yeah. So, four four different countries for yeah. <laughs> almost for, yeah. two, two continents. Yeah, yes. Yes. A lot of time difference. Yes. So so. So it's not, it's it's not easy. Let's put it that way. Even if you do it in your own country, if you just have to focus on problems and nothing else, this is already a lot of time. Yes, it yeah. takes so much out of you. And uh, we talked about this before the we started the podcast. Yeah, yeah. Football is a philosophy of of giving up. You had some hard choices to make, as you said. Um, um, I I think every coach was sometimes in a position, like you said, do I get divorced or do I continue? Not just for everybody. Yeah, we were talking about my choice that I 
decided to stay with my wife and <laughs> and leave coaching. That was mainly yeah. the reason because yeah, besides a job and sixty hours a week, seventy yeah. hours a week every week, yeah. it it has an effect on your yeah. on your personal life. Yeah. yeah, and I have to take this yeah chance to also mention my wife as well because you know you have to. This is all about wives not right now, but like <laughs> um, yeah, uh, when I told her about this opportunity that that, that happens with Feinrad and I can go. She was the first one to tell me, well, you have to go because yeah. if you don't, you know, you're always going to ask yourself what could have happened. So yeah, I have to thank her for that as well. Great man. Yeah. Great man. Okay. So, um, we were talking about your development, of course, family life is part of the support in that part. Yeah. I think we can conclude that. Um, but, um, so, so developing yourself a pro license, I think you almost almost see it as a tool. Yep. To to move forward, it it is, it's somewhere a necessity that you need to have for for going to higher levels. Yes, it's just as simple as that. But it also brought you, I think, a lot of knowledge, inspiration. Absolutely. What what was the main thing that it that it brought you? I think, uh, well, first of all, um, I think the group of people that I work with. Yeah, cool. You know, first the the, the main instructor Stephen Grima, he was uh, somebody I learned from a lot, not only about football, but also about the way of observing life and yeah. uh, facing challenges. Um, there were obviously local coaches were very, very nice guys, but uh, there was also a coach from Man City, for example, who was with me in the course, and also one Italian coach called Andrea <coughs> Pisano. We'll talk about him later. Yeah, yeah. A bit. Um, so so it, the main thing I think that ProLastimi taught me is that um, just because somebody has a different philosophy, a different way of observing football, doesn't mean that 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 it's wrong or it's not going to work as effective as yours is. Yeah. Because you can be convinced, I'm uh, I'm good at what I do. I know this is better than uh, what he thinks, and and so on. This is one thing I don't like about the education, to be honest. Uh, but then you realize when uh, you get a lot of different practical examples from completely different. Uh, uh, school education, so from Italian, from yeah. British, you know, myself, I I learned most of what I know in Serbia, but then my whole mindset changed when I came to Netherlands. So, so, so I think that's that's the number one thing is just to that you can always learn something else. You can don't don't judge too quickly based on uh, uh, when you hear people what they say and how they try to explain things. Uh, focus on the end result. That's uh, and what is a so open mindset? Is there an example? Of that, that maybe an Italian or an English coach or whatever in that time period shared with you. Okay, I never thought about that, and that gave me a new insight how how I practice my work. Yeah, um, let's say about this Italian coach. Um, he uh, he's a big believer in Bielsa, for okay, example. Yeah, and uh, maybe Netherlands Bielsa is not uh, much appreciated because yeah, you can see it, a lot of isolated work exactly, and all that. Yeah, and um, I'm really also. Not really a big fan of that. So it's very explicit. Yes. Everything is thought of, every yes. detail, every yes. centimeter that you yes. run yes. is almost thought of. Yes. Yeah, yeah. I, I do believe when you when you work with a with the first team players you need to have uh, a certain amount of, of automatization in yeah. in your in your in your game, but um this is let's say the extreme, like yeah. like like you mentioned. So so we had the we had the same topic, uh which was I think it was build up. Yeah. And then uh, yeah, for me it was very clear. We had thirty minutes to prepare. The, the our groups and uh, to me I try to you know um, create uh, an overload with the back line create some basic situation where you can break the press right 2v1 I use the keeper and so yeah. on 
and uh, then I found my way to uh, to let's say to the middle third to be able to score a small yeah. goal, and that's yeah. it. Uh, what he did was uh, uh, he was just uh, play ball to keeper. Moment goes, moment the ball goes to the keeper. That's a trigger for everyone to push up, play a long ball, score a goal. That's that it. Was it. That was it. So, but there was no instructions from the from the from the course. Uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, it yeah. was just do the build up, see what happens. We'll we'll see who is more successful. As we'll soon as they played the keeper, everybody moved. The opponent moved forward a little, so yes. there was some more space yes. towards the small goals, maybe Correct. for a second ball or even creating space there. Correct. Okay, and then uh, yeah, then we will will decide after. So the other participants will tell you which one was more successful. Yeah, and I was like, you know, a lacquer or bow, you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So you're doing your yes, Dutch yes, thing and your yes, creativeness yes. and creating space yes. and leaving it with the players, yes, whatever. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. And uh, you know, I one out of three times, one out of five times, I you know make sense something. Yeah, yeah. That's so nice, you know. Yeah. This guy was like ninety percent efficiency. Yeah. You know, he managed to get what went almost every time. Yeah, it was so, playing against an underload as well. Yes, so, yes, yes. So he was very pragmatic. Exactly. So, so then in the end of the day, th- that was the whole purpose of this objective of of this exercise was to show, yeah, there is not one correct way, and yeah. maybe you can say, um, what uh, what Luca was trying to do was a little bit more, you know, technical, more uh, uh, nice looking, and all that. Yeah. But at the end of the day, what uh, Andrea did was much more effective yeah. and uh, was something they will win your game tomorrow. So th- that's just an example. Maybe you can say I observed it as a youth coach and he observed it as a senior coach, which is what he is. And you all probably uh, observed it as well f- from the environment that you work because yeah. this is Dutch. Yeah. We it not, it, we don't we care just a mu- about just as much about winning as it has to look good. Yeah. We we are not satisfied if we win in an ugly way. Yes is bullshit <laughs> but yeah. it is how we think and it's how we are raised yeah. because we supposedly invented football yeah. which is also a little bit of bullshit <laughs> but um, that's the way in the Netherlands we approach football I I, well when I went to the seniors I kind of got rid of that idea because I, I noticed that my feeling is towards winning Yes, but players that I worked with, they wanted to have one, two touches and play position game and I just wanted to destroy the opponent. Yeah. Um, it's so Dutch. Yep. Yeah, it's interesting. Yeah, but for me, it's, uh, it's what you say, it's not, and especially when you work with youth. Yeah, it's, it's we can win a game 27-0, like so, but uh, I, I only had critical observation about that game, nothing else, because uh, yes, we scored uh, a yeah, yeah, yeah. amount of goals, but who do we play against? What do we do in a defensive transition? What do we do in, uh, well, you have this word, the uh, rust for dating. Yeah, yeah. I translated it as, as residual defending. Okay. So, so this is um, defensive balance. Somebody called it. Can call it yeah, yeah, as yeah. well. So, so, so it's 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 all the matter of perspective. And uh, I still strongly believe. I have to say in a Dutch way, this is what uh, I what I trying to implement. It's the, if it works, yes, it is the nicest way. Yes, yes. It is the best Absolutely. way to look at. Absolutely, but then. When you talk about the yeah, the build up, that's a big part of the uh, a Dutch uh, yeah. play, right? So I like this to to compete against the other opposition press and to adapt to the way they are pressing. Yeah. Are the players smart enough? Can they find a solution to break that line? Because any other day you have the ball, you control the game. You all know the the basics. So if I have the opportunity to 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 keep the ball, uh, I will do it as yeah. many times as possible. But at the same time, then what I teach the players as well. You keep the ball until it makes sense. Yeah. Because if they press with five, then you know where the space is. Yeah. So. Yeah. yeah. No, I, I'm thinking while you're saying that 
it's a little bit we're, we're almost trying to be sophisticated yeah. <laughs> so we're we're not we're gonna do it the neat way we're yeah. gonna we're gonna humiliate you the neat way instead yes. of brute force and yes. just Mourinho style kick the ball over the press and then win the second ball yes. and yeah that's that's yes. a different way of approaching yeah but are you so that's interesting so you learned from uh your Italian coll- colleague that okay sometimes just look at at the, pra- at the at the situation was the most pragmatic way to solve this yeah. um and is it now something that you when you when you're in the, in your daily routine you think of that okay maybe i should change this a little bit or maybe just look a little bit more simple to it or yeah. or it didn't really change that philosophy on the way you would like to play no i mean um we talk about the way i would like to play uh, i think it all depends on the player profiles that you have yeah But, uh, that's the most important thing so the 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 players that i'm working right now with right now and the whole let's say uh, national profiles of southeast asian players um i think give you a good balance to try to do something like this because you won't have the tallest players in the no. world or the physically superior but you're going to have players that can be technically very well educated yeah. very quick very agile yeah agile yeah exactly so so you can you can build something like this yeah. it doesn't make sense for us to play a long ball and No. It would be very difficult. But it, it does make some sort of sense in that cup because I've been to Japan and in the in even on lower levels players are so explosive and yes. so fast. Yes. Which is also a quality to have for a second ball. So yes. you could choose and then give crazy amounts of pressure on that second ball because they're so fast. Yeah. Uh agile, etc. what you said. Yeah. Uh, yeah, but well, okay, we're going into details <laughs> now. Yeah. yeah. Thinking, thinking along with you already. There is there is no right and wrong, but uh yeah. It's a it's a bad perspective as well. Yeah, great. Yeah. Okay. So that's a, la- a late uh, thing that that in- influenced you from your pro license. Yeah. Your late your latest tool. Yeah. Um, is there another way that you maybe in a daily way or uh, that you have mentors or, or that you how how did you try to keep yourself? Well, <laughs> with your mindset, I can imagine if it's from four to seven, you have a lot of time to read, but. <laughs> The, what is your approach there? Yeah, I. Uh, yeah, it, it, there is no happy story here. I'm sorry to disappoint you. I'm not going <laughs> to ask for a happy story. <laughs> yeah, there is a lot of uh, alone time, a lot of uh, isolation, and uh, let's say realization that I have to do things by myself. That's uh, that's uh, that's what you're going to get from me. I, I wish I say I had somebody who was my mentor and who led me through the way and all this. Actually, I do. I can name one. I don't know if you ever heard the name Eric Thomas. No. So I think every coach should 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 really dedicate themselves to to study this guy. Okay, I'm gonna write him. He's, down. Yeah, he's a he's a mot- motivational speaker. Okay. Um, but I like to say he's a he's a father I never had. Okay. <laughs> so um, so I I I guess following some 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 steps that I that I thought are the steps that I need to take. So, uh, but is it like if if I make it let's say practical? Yes, is yes. it that uh, uh, I was joking about the four in the morning? Yeah. But you actually do this. So yeah. you take that time, that extra time that you create for yourself outside of the daily routines yes. to sit down. You 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 dive into his philosophies. You sit, you read, you listen. Is that the way that you trying to get the knowledge? And maybe some other day you. You take videos uh, of of games or whatever. Is that the way that you approach it, literally? No, absolutely. Yes. Okay. So so, 
I, I feel like I need this extra time to do the things that I can during the regular time. Yeah. So is it, uh, is it, yeah, rewatching the videos, is it reanalyzing the games, is it, uh, yeah, cannot, can't have discussions with colleagues at the time, but, uh, yeah, but yeah. <laughs> no, is it, yeah, um, uh, taking out some, some, uh, uh, I like to read studies, not uh, books that much. I okay. have a couple of books I can. Uh, you, you take the like fundamental that. studies? Yes, yeah, yes. Okay. Because um, although I've been through, let's say, uh, a good amount of education, um, I have a big problem with the theory versus practice. Okay. So I like to see practical examples of what is being talked about. So that's why the studies with the practical execution is something that okay. interests yeah. me more. Okay. And um, most of them related to a tactical periodization, which okay. I, and the hybrids of it. This yeah. is what I like to read about the most. Okay, so you take the, you take that and you study. Okay, how was it? How how was maybe is this structurized? What's the idea behind it? Yes, and then you make it your own. Yes, something like that. And um, obviously, I mean, look, every day I, I watch a game, uh, or in the morning, for example, because in in Asia the time difference is huge. Yeah. So I record the game, then I watch them in the morning sometimes, and then you can see the basic principles. Yeah, in this intro, I, we heard the Guardiola saying a few things. I mean. Uh, you can get an idea from anything from NCT. I saw, obviously, we have inverted fullbacks. This was, let's say, a new yeah. thing this year. But also, how how do Ingram move in relation to a striker? How do, when the striker drop, what does uh, 10 and 7, 11 do? And what does a fullback do? And all these things you can, I think, how can I implement, let's say, this small part into my game because I feel it would help create either numeric overload or more space or something like that. Um, and you write all these small bits and pieces down. And then I would say at the end of every month, I have like a summary list of the things that I wrote down that I yeah. feel can be implemented and then I adapt it to the technical plan and then every three to six months I review my own technical plan okay. and then see how can I share it with the rest of the staff, rest of the players and so on. So you use, let's say, a month to get all your ideas together, yeah. to inspire yourself, to get new things, yes. summarize it rough. I don't know if it's literally monthly, is it a date, monthly. set date? I have, a, <laughs> I have this... Uh, App reminder. So yeah. I, I have this thing, for example, repeat every twenty uh, seventh of the month. Okay. So then I would do. So twenty seventh of the month, you yes. sit down, you take all your notes. Yes. You take okay. This maybe was a, this maybe was a good idea. This was a yes. bad idea. Yes. Uh, I take it. How do I going to use it in the next month? And yes. then every three months and every six months, you evaluate that in a larger scale. Yes, correct. And then uh, I reevaluate also then the principles of play. Uh, is it team? Is it individual? Is it group? And then see if, uh, if if this principle can fit into what we already have. Then we maybe try it one or two times in the training. See if it works. If it doesn't, then okay. Talk to the players what they think. Talk yeah. to the colleagues what they think. Then we record and we review what ha what will happen if they have played this formation. What will happen if they play this other formation? What will play in this situation? That's it. so. It's a it's a process. Continuous. What's the last main thing? What, when today is the 18, 19, yeah. I don't know. Yeah. So we're ten. 10 days ahead towards your evaluation. Um, <laughs> what is, what was the main thing you you maybe wrote down from your last one that you imp implemented? Okay, this is, was actually yeah. something that changed my perspective in this last month and I'm now going to really implement. Yeah, I'm trying to, to think of the the one thing that was... Or maybe in the past months, I don't know. Yeah, yeah no, no worries. I think the last, yeah, the last one was... Uh, uh, actually, I saw online... Um, uh, this uh, tr youth training of Ajax, which yep. is pretty old, a couple of years old. But when I saw the movement of the striker, and, and, and the striker that I have now in the team is physically much superior to everybody else. Um, so so was this guy in Ajax. But I saw how he moves um, uh, when he doesn't have the ball. 
So usually I like to say, yeah, we play with fake nine with this guy also, he's big, he can do, yeah. but you come to the middle. Okay. I don't get the ball. What do I do then? So then he's sort of moving to the side or maybe drops even deeper something. Like but this guy from my ex, he was, uh, he dropped, he didn't get a ball. He tried to run into blind side of the same guy. If he follows him, yeah, yeah. try to find to the blind side of him. Okay. So then this guy is sort of uh, backpedaling, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Then he pretends he's going to do a full sprint. The guy drops to me. He comes back again for the ball. Okay. So this continuous movement of this striker is just up and down, up and down. Then yeah. he, he never let the center back sort of catch a... Catch him in his eyesight. Yes, yes. So he used the eyesight, the, the, the looking behavior of the opponent yes. and his own spatial awareness yes. to catch him in the blind side two times in a row. In literally 10 seconds. So, so, so... This was something that, and then in the end, he made himself free and he was able to receive the ball and face the goal yeah. inside, I don't know, 25 meters yeah. of the, of the, just because what he did off the ball. So for me, that was, okay, I need to speak to my striker because if he's able to master this movement, you know, then, then and already the game, uh, yeah, I review on 27, like you said, but if I feel that this is critical. You do it straight away. I do it straight yeah, away. Yeah, of course. And we, we work on it literally for uh, two training sessions. And already on Tuesday, this guy was able, okay, he scored one goal, but he had like seven opportunities uh, out of which I think four was created because of his movement. Yeah. And you can say, yeah, these are young guys, so they are learning all this, but it's such a small thing, makes such a big impact. Yeah. So. Yeah. And it almost feels that it's not so hard. Yeah. Because you know to move and then you know, okay, if I, even young players, 13, 14, you, if you cannot, if he cannot catch you with his eyes, you're at the right spot. Yes, that's already the, ex, the, the advice that you can give him. Exactly. And then he is always looking for that angle. Yes, and the guy's turning. Yeah, well, I'm already doing it. But yeah, interesting. Great. Yes, yes. Great example. Yeah, thank you. Okay. Um, uh, what what part did they haven't we touched on yet? Because yeah, you have yeah. a lot of notes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, we touched uh, a lot of things, but. Uh, um, We're not done yet. No, no, absolutely not. I mean, um, I, I, we talk about mindset a lot. I think this is something I would like to share with more, if you don't mind. Yeah, sure. Yeah. Um, I feel in today's time, also, the coaches are are the ones who are making a lot of excuses. Okay. Because if you, if you finish a match and you tell me, oh, today was not our day, oh, the players, you know, didn't do that well today. It was not their best moment. What does this mean? No, no. What does this mean to you when yeah. the coach say that? What do you think? What would you answer? What does it mean for the coach? No. What does this mean for you when you hear this as a as a player, as an observer? Uh, you're you're looking at from an external perspective. Yes. Um. Yeah, it's an easy no. It's the easy answer, but yeah, l trying to find what you can do yourself. I think yeah. that's also yeah. where you want to go. Yeah. But of course, players can sometimes. Yeah, leave you behind and whatever, do whatever they want, and then there's something to blame. Yeah. Um, and there's also something you can play with. Yeah. But in the end, you're the only one that has effect on your own behavior. Absolutely. Uh, and and that's the exact uh, that's the exact point. Um, I believe uh, today as, as 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 coaches. Okay, let's let's take an example. Um, you, you had a game. Um, you lost the game because. Uh, let's say uh, a, a preventing finishing, I, I like to call it that way, so didn't didn't work very well. What is your next step then? Oh, now I'm the host. What is your, what do you do uh, the next uh, 
Um, What's your plan for the week after? Well, it completely depends on the context, of course, which is now a little bit out of the blue. Mm. But if if my let's say defensive in in the in the most essential part of the pitch wouldn't work, I would like to see first the situation. How would people react? But also, what are my principles or what is my idea around this? And did I mention this to players? Yep. Uh, if I focus on compactness, and that's the, my main issue there, which was something that's close to my philosophy, was it something that, well, in seniors, let's say, let's connect it to my last situation in seniors, was I coaching them at the right point? Was I helping them to be compact or not? Um, or did I just leave them and fail them and whatever? Yeah. So that's something I would look at. Yeah. No, um, but that's that's great because first you analyze yourself, right? First you said, did I do? My yeah, point. or did I maybe because, or did I maybe even in the, in the pre-game talk focus too much on attacking while I knew these moments could happen as well? Yeah, uh, which is also again different in seniors and youth because in youth you kind of maybe want these moments to learn from, but in seniors it's about winning and you yes. want to prevent this because you're, there's a different type of goal. Absolutely, I think that's the context. Yes. Uh, but that would be my behavior. Yeah, no, that's great. Um, what I would do is is definitely if it happens first is analyze the game. And then see what say the critical parts were, right? Then I would like you said ask myself, did I do everything that is in my power as a coach to make sure that enable the players to defend the best ways possible? Then I would review myself, right? But then the next thing I would do is if we have a whole week of training, and like you say in senior you can make your own plan. Yeah, if yeah. youth maybe we have a certain cycle we're in, yeah, yeah, yeah. how can I implement this particular situation that occurred in the training that? made us con concede goals or whatever, and do some sort of corrective training to make sure that, you know, that the, the, the problems were sanitized a little bit in that sense before moving on to another thing. Yeah. So in this case, I've, I've met a lot of coaches throughout my career who sort of just uh, throw the issues out of under the rug and, uh, and uh, don't focus on the corrective aspect of the training. Yeah. Because you talk about the, the the development, my development now, my observation of uh, youth development or player development, I think corrective training is one of the key things that does that. Yeah. So even this trip. So yeah, uh, it, and I think I read it. Corrective training is focusing on your weakness, and yes. you had another word for focusing on your strengths, right? Uh, yeah, native, native. Native, yeah, yeah. So this is the that's the basics, uh, or yes. no? This is one pillar, and that's the other pillar. Yes. That's kind of how I have to yes. see it, right? And maybe for the first team, then you can add the adaptive one, um, which you adapt to the to the opponent. Correct. Yeah. And this this was actually also my my my, my dissertation topic as well, um, because yeah, I think at, at some moment you find a thing that defines you as a coach, and that uh, gives you more clear structure. Let's say towards the way you want to work. Um, I feel the tactical training is not separated. Uh, enough, it's not delegated enough to be able to cover uh, these three things. I, I name them like this, you can name them however you yeah, want. Yeah, I understand. Um, but for me, the key here is is, is, is is the corrective training. Because, yeah, if you don't, uh, if you don't uh, work on a strong foundation, then the, the house collapses. So if you yeah. just keep putting one mistake after another under the rug, then uh, these mistakes will keep re reoccurring. Yeah. And then we end up saying, it was an our player's day. But they die as a coach. So you accept the fact that it is a weakness. Yes. And in, in your in your uh, philosophy, you should never accept it. No. That, well, am, are you saying that you want to build it 
to a certain standard or are you saying that make your weakness your strength because that's a step further? Yes. So definitely bring it up to a certain standard or help the players refocus because also also some, uh, the, the most common answer to this is I don't want to focus on the negatives. Yeah, yeah. Players, I want to focus on the positives, which is again, not wrong. Uh, 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 there is no right and wrong here. I'm, uh, I'm just saying that for myself, if I don't address this, if I don't fix this, uh, as a coach, if I don't help, when I say fix, I mean help player understand what they did wrong and guide them towards the solution, what they could have done better, then I feel I didn't do my job as yeah, a coach. I understand. So it is a tendency, you know, just find your own characteristics as a player or as a team and just be the best in the thing that you can be the best. But you're also saying, yeah, but coaches forget mm. to work on the weaknesses because it should be all positive and it should be yes. all flowers. Yes, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> so, and it, now you remind me of something. We I had a webinar recently with with uh, Genk yep. as well, and they uh, they asked an interesting question. They said, uh, uh, "How will footballers look like in 2030?" And honestly, I never thought about this question before. Yeah. But uh, when they asked it, I started thinking, which direction is football going? Right? There is. I mean, players are getting physically stronger with more endurance, covering more distance, faster, yeah. right? Um, there is no more, sorry, but attacking and defending. Everybody is doing yeah. everything yeah. all the time. So then they ask the question, something like, um, do you focus more on, if you have two players, if you have a player who is really physically superior, but not that uh, perceptive in the yeah. game, yeah. or if you have a player who is super perceptive, but not that physically capable, which player would you choose? Which one did you choose? No, I, I, I said sorry, but uh, there is no right answer no. to this. Um, um, but I think it's a, there is a clear sort of um, um, indicator that, that football will just become more and more at the, at the, at the edge of maximum performance. Yeah, it's getting more and more extreme. Uh, yes, yes. And it, it's just, I think it's going to get crazy and we'll see some... Five years ago, no, yeah. I don't know exactly when, but I know I, I realized at one point they started uh, presenting the statistics during games and you were pretty impressed when a midfielder ran 11 kilometers yeah. and now it's an average. Yes. Now it's 13 and it's going to be 14, 15 and then in a couple of years time, you run 15, okay, it's pretty normal on the elite level. Yeah. Uh, that's changing. Yeah. You're going to have extreme players, yes. huge guys in the back that still move like short yes. of Singaporeese guys almost yes, so yes. but this <laughs> it's, it's going to be more specialist yes game I think and the pace is going only going to get higher absolutely so yeah. interesting that's yeah direction that I think everybody should should think about whenever they are preparing or whenever they are creating new things for themselves as a coach yeah I need to know where you're going where the football is going this is uh, yeah really makes you think yeah no it's interesting I did an interview on national radio when I was doing my human movement studies. And they asked me, okay, what's the future of football? And there was the time that Chelsea was dominating uh, Europe. Yep. You were all huge guys. Uh, Drogba, who was a physical guy. And said, so this is only going to get worse. But then the era after was Barcelona yep. with their small tactical tiki-taka football, which is completely the opposite. So I felt like it was a horrible, uh, how do you say it? horrible way of looking at the future but these things evolve and yes. new styles are coming now you have everybody's playing we had an interesting discussion with with the Portuguese coach uh, he said yeah everybody's playing with five now yeah. because everybody's playing with five 
there's not a reason why people choose five. It's just that because everybody's doing that. So now you have these wingbacks that can go yeah. 100 miles an hour for 90 minutes. Yeah. And this is going to change also the football perspective again. Yeah. It's interesting. Does it affect your daily, not not your day, but does it affect your uh, your philosophy as well? Is it in in those, let's say, sessions, you think, okay, how can I use, actually, like you did with the strikers, you, know, you yeah. look at these ideas and yeah. try to implement it in your own style or? I mean, I mean, here um, you have to look at the individual quality of players you have because, in reality, out of twenty players, we know two, three. If it's a good generation, yeah. two, three will make it big, and the rest is. So I think although football is a team sport, it's mostly about individual development. So um, if I take out those those two, three, four players that I feel their characteristics are, in a certain way, for their position, very good. Then yeah, now, now I think next time will be will those characteristics also be appreciated uh, ten years from now or five years from now? Would uh, these characteristics be something that people are looking for in Europe, European top European teams or not? So yeah, that's a short. That's a, you try to prepare yourself also in your ideas, and of course it's different to approach it with your your forties in Singapore, but yeah. you prepare your mindset or your not your mindset, your ideas about football to, already for the next steps. Yes, absolutely. Okay, great. Okay, we uh, we're going. Well, I see you sliding. What's yeah. the, what's the main main thing besides mindset, or do you want to want to go there back back there? No, no, no. I mean, uh, you are the <laughs> best prepared podcast guest. Is it? You, you, re you realize this that. is even not, this wasn't four thirty this morning. I was thinking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, no. Just a uh, just a uh, just a small thing. Um, no, I mean, uh, uh, um, I'm happy to share any any more you have to know. I saw you you posted some uh, any questions yeah. on your. Is what did you get any interesting questions like who the hell is this guy from Singapore or something? Uh, like this? We didn't get too much questions. I have to be fair. Yeah. Uh, so it's mainly my ideas. When like I like I like the way where where we're going. So mm. the the main thing is okay. I'm, we're sitting down talking about football. Are we going towards? Let's say what we just did now, five, three, two, whatever. But we always end or we start or we, we talk about the approach of football, not about tactics. Yeah. Okay, we did. That's that's the common connection that I that I find with everybody. Yeah. It's never about solely football. It's always interaction with people, with yourself. Maybe it's a podcast setting that people tend to get personal, but it is this is what defines you in everything. And that's very strong with you as well. Oh, uh, no, but yeah, it is. It, yeah, um, you can feel it when you talk to you that there is a determination to succeed where in what kind of situation you are, uh, which I think is inspiring. Thank you. I, uh, I appreciate it. I, um, yeah, I mean, uh, if you're getting personal, then I'll get personal. <laughs> yeah. um, no, I mean, uh, where I am right now, Let's say is a it's a pretty big project that I'm very interested in. I and mean, yeah, when you say Singapore football, people yeah. probably frown their faces, and I understand them completely. Um, which is interesting, yeah. just to set the scene, to give an impression on the level you played with the U14s against uh, U14s. Like we said, it's not about the result, but it was a competitive game, and you won. Yep. Which says something about the level at that moment. We don't know which uh, what Ashruta was bringing to the pitch. Whatever it, it doesn't matter. Yeah. But it says something about the project and the level. Yeah. Because my 
I have to be fair. My first episode of Hawaii is Singapore. You don't know. Mm-hmm. You think, okay, maybe there's a club, there's a project, whatever. Mm-hmm. Because there are a lot of like these projects out there where just just somebody with money. Yes. Uh, and the level is, yes, is poor. Yeah. In this case, it's different. I have the feeling. Yeah, I mean, uh, definitely because I, I I wouldn't have taken this if I didn't thought that it's a it's a good next step for 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 where I want to go. Um, but the, the, I want to talk about an opportunity now. Yeah. This is, um, um, I feel um, how how far you can go is also determined uh, where you come from. Now I can <coughs> say, you talking again about mindset. No, I think this is um, this is about uh, visas and uh, passports and uh, and so on. And let's say, um, and this is something I spoke to coaches here in Netherlands. I said, you you guys don't know how lucky you are just to have a Dutch passport. Yeah. Because uh, for me to come and work here, it, it took uh, almost a year to to settle everything. And uh, you mean to Singapore or to the to Netherlands? Netherlands? Yeah, yeah, okay. Yeah. Just to make sure that that you know everything is in order. Um, so that then you already, if if tomorrow you and I play a game, you're already leading three zero against me before the kickoff. Yeah. Because um, I need to let's say make this um, um, make myself much, 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 much more competitive. That somebody will uh, put more money for me to get me here. Then. Yeah. So I realized that very young, uh, that uh, it was the first time when I when I when I was let's say forced to stop playing and then start coaching. Um, what I quickly realized that there is nothing for me in Serbia. There is it's it's a great footballing country, you know, uh, but uh, nothing for a coach of eighteen years old. So I started looking overseas and yeah. applying all sorts of different visas that continuously got rejected, and then in the end I ended up in Thailand. That was the only place that would allow me to come in. Okay, yeah. And then from there we went to because simply it was as a citizen of Serbia, yeah. it was simply hard to travel to get a visa because of the war. Let me or, give you, let, let me give you one yeah. one one short story on that. So so um, I had an offer to go and work in US, and uh, and I was uh, I was so excited, right? And uh, can imagine. Yes, and uh, I uh, I applied for my appointment in the US embassy, and uh, I went uh, for a holiday. It was like three weeks later. I went for a holiday somewhere in the meantime. And then on the way back from my holiday, the next morning was my was my visa appointment. And as I'm coming back to to Serbia, um, I was in Montenegro or something like that. I I get a phone call from a friend. Hey, when is your visa appointment? Uh, I said tomorrow. He's like, well, you better reschedule it because it's not going to happen. And then the next thing I know, the, they burned down the American embassy uh, <laughs> in Serbia. Different so, reality. Yeah. So it was like okay. So then they sent me to Croatia to 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 American Embassy in Croatia and it was like uh, when I came to the counter it was just like a red notice like no and yeah. I saw the same so so yeah. it's uh, you know these kind of things that that, that what you're uh, saying is is what I'm hearing is that realize that things that are normal for you are not normal for other people yes I think so yeah. and um, and it maybe comes back to the way that the thing that we started yeah. for some people without any influence things are very easy yes. and for other people things are not easy yes. and I have to be fair like I told you it's all um, flowers and, and, and light <laughs> blue skies when I grew up Yeah, but it's it is what it is Yeah. why I said this is not that, that I'm whining or complaining no you're not judging this is, this is it's reality this is reality but, but what this makes me feel also is if I want to have an edge for example over the Dutch coaches that, let's say if I want to come here then I need to know a lot more than than just being a coach. So I need to know how to. Maybe I need to know about the physical preparation. Maybe yeah. I need to know about uh, 
um, let's say, uh, sports science a little bit. Maybe I need to know about uh, how to use the computer better than them. Maybe I need to know the, some programming, some to import, export data, and so on. So then I started learning all those things. So when I, uh, I mean, we had a small team just now. You tell me you are. My, in, my intern needed to, oh. to create a back, black background <laughs> on a, on a yeah. picture. It's, 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 couldn't. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you are done. They're, they're, they're watching now, yeah. the two of them. They can't. Yeah. No, but it's, no, it, no, it's such a small thing. Yeah. You know, but but um, this this is the mindset that I feel is, is um, doing more where you need to do, do, doing more than you need to do. Prepare yourself more than somebody else so that when the small window of opportunity shows up, right? that you can do something that somebody else can. And then at that moment, people think, oh, yeah. okay, this, this guy is not a bad guy, you know? He's, he's okay, yeah. you know? But uh, but what happens in the behind, th that's what I know. There's a, it's almost like never take anything for granted or yeah. just always be prepared. Yeah, yeah, that's uh, that's how we started. Yeah, that's <laughs> how we always have the cycle there. <laughs> there you go. Okay, who, who should we have next? No, no. For, uh, in those four hours, let's uh, let's two questions more. Yes, I. Are you a reader? You told me you're you maybe more of a listener or or. Yes, yes. I I books in general. I read. Oh, some you said so, sorry. Yes. We went already went there to studies yes. and sorry. Sorry. Yes, yes. But yes. Uh, but uh, no problem. So I like to read study papers. I said, but there is a couple of books I would like to 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 recommend. Uh, now, Game Changers. Uh, yeah. It's not a Netflix documentary about veganism. Definitely not. This is a, a, a book by Dr. Ferguson Connolly. So it's it's a bit of a controversial book, I have to say. Okay. It's, it's a big book, split into four sections. So you have the game, the player, the preparation, and the coach. Okay. And it's a book that questions a lot of things. So it, it, makes, it makes a pretty small number of conclusions. It gives some theoretical foundation, but it just asks a lot of questions. To, to your own yes. actions. Yes. For example, does all the data need to be measured? And then... Uh, and it does the sports science needs to have this effect or that effect? Yeah. And it's it's a good read. I'd say that's a, that's a good read. I mentioned Eric Thomas already. Yeah, and right he, he has a couple of books, but I think you more you want to listen to him more than than read the books. Although the books are not bad, and my favorite book is uh, Average Skill, Phenomenal Will. Average Skill, Phenomenal Will. Okay, yeah, yeah, okay, understand. Which describes me a little bit, also. I have to say. Yeah, 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 not so good, even as a player, not too many <laughs> skills. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Um, and then, uh, yeah, that's when it comes to books. You said the, uh, uh, who should you speak to? Well, yeah. I have to say um, all the people that I would that would like to recommend here. Uh, um, you already spoke to most of them. So okay. uh, you spoke to Mark Houghton, to Ricos, to Peter Strasserbert. You're going to speak with David Oxfeos yeah. also. Yeah. Um, I can I can suggest uh, from Netherlands if you if you touch base with Mark Underwater. Yeah, you know, we already talked to him as well. You did? Oh, yeah. fantastic then. Well, uh, how about uh, Alexander Rankovic? Okay, yeah. yeah. Interesting. I heard good stories about him. Yes. And also the Utrecht U21 coach, uh, Daria Kalizic. Okay, yeah. He could be a pretty interesting uh, guy to speak to as well. Yeah, um, interesting career as well. Yes. But uh, I would I would like to suggest also two guys from the outside. Yeah. Maybe for a little bit different perspective. So, Andrea Pisanu, he was a former player of Parma, Bologna and so on. And I think uh, he's a really passionate coach. He's the he's the guy yes, that that yes. beat everybody in the in the game yes, yes, where he did during the pro course. Yes, yes, yeah, yes. yeah. So um, his English is uh, yeah. You need some work, but okay. you can understand what he's yeah, saying. Yeah, okay. Too bad you can't uh, display three fingers or uh, 
Who <laughs> will throw it at every five yeah. seconds? <laughs> yes. Um, and then the second guy will be Andro Fistonic, who is uh, head okay. of youth at the uh, Hajduk Split. Okay. Um, so I think any any name you choose from this list uh, will give you some creative content. Yeah, I will connect with you afterward to see which yeah. we will approach. But uh, Mark did a webinar with us. Yeah. Uh, about the let's say dealing with Corona, it was yes. actually around a year ago. Yes. And uh, I heard, like I said, I, uh, Rankovic was head coach of Ado uh, club here in the Netherlands. Yes, yes, yes. Uh, now he's assistant at Sparta. Yeah, yep. with Fraser. Yes. Yep. So I heard good stories about him. Interesting. Yep. Um, similar, let's say Eastern Europe background, like yes, you, yes. like you, like yourself. But he's been here. For yeah, he's uh, many he years. played here his yes. whole life. Yeah, yes. yeah. I was collecting balls for him. We play in the same club. I was ah, a ball boy yeah, for him. Cool. Yeah. Cool. That's how long we go. Okay. Cool. Yeah. Okay, well, we're going to reach out to these guys. If they hear this, um, we'll put the pressure on them to say yes. Yes, perfect. But we'll, we'll find <laughs> a way. And uh, maybe any last any last words towards the people that are listening? Yeah, I mean, uh, um, I think first of all to you. I think what you guys are doing is really good. And, uh, and this uh, philosophy of inviting coaches by recommendation, this is, this is really a, a perfect way to go. And... Um, I like to say uh, to, to the listeners that this is <laughs> none of this has been uh, let's say scripted or directed. This was all uh, just uh, nice conversations. This is what it is. Us. Yeah, and yeah. Uh, and it's, it it feels really good to have a podcast like this. Um, but also for for me personally, and not for everyone, for for all the coaches, all people aspiring to be a coach, is yeah, create a, create a situation for yourself to take full ownership, to to eliminate all of the excuses. Because the moment you start uh, pointing fingers at someone, you're never going to be successful. Yep. And also be thankful to all those people that will say no to you or they'll put you down. Yep. Because uh, they will force you to become better and find a different way to succeed. Well, I said every, how do you say it? Every step back is a step up to a next uh, step forward, right? Absolutely. Great, man. Great yeah. to conclude. Yeah. I really enjoyed this. Thank you. Me too. Very it much. will not be the last time. Yeah, I hope so. Great, man. <laughs> Enjoy your last... What is it? Five to five to ten days. How long are you staying here in Europe? One more week. In One more week? Yeah. And uh, then three weeks in Germany. Great, man. Yeah. Enjoy it. Thank you very much. And, uh, um, then it's back to Singapore. Yes. Back on the job. Well, this is your job, but then the bigger <laughs> job. Exactly. Great, man. Thank you very much. Thank you for your time.